The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the barn and the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and guest Charlie Clawson uh, this week. First time guest Charlie Clawson, which is good news. Uh, the very funny Eddie Ift. Hello, Eddie. Hi. You do have a gimmick. You said there's no gimmick. There's a gimmick here, Charlie Clawson. Oh, well, yeah. It wasn't originally a gimmick <laughs> until he left the podcast. Oh, was Charlie your guest? Oh, your co-host. He was my co-host for the uh, first 87 episodes. Oh, and then he pulled a Jim Jeffries. Yeah, that's right. He got too big for the podcast. You know what that's like, yeah, yeah, Eddie. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, he got on uh, Home and Away. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you can't do this podcast anymore. Why? Because it's bad for his image? Yeah. Really? Well, because Home and Away have had... A- I would say that, uh, that Home and Away is bad for his image for this podcast. Right. Yeah. But he looked at uh, how this one doesn't pay anything and how Home and Away does pay something yeah, and yeah. made a decision yeah. between those two. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what happened with Jim and I with uh, Talking Shit was... Uh, uh, I am in Venice, Jim's in Hollywood, and that's where he lives, and he was shooting, but he was shooting every day in Venice, right. and I was like, so come over after work, and he was like, no, you come up to Hollywood, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna, and it was like a couple divorcing over their like work locations, like right. one of them's like, I want to stay in Las Vegas, and I want to stay in Los Angeles, and they bro- so we broke up, it was like a divorce. Yeah, but except you had a divorce over about 20 miles. <laughs> Yeah, it was, <laughs> there was no way I was going to... I really do not leave Venice unless there's money involved. Like the Venice... Like the beach area. If you said, hey, come up... If you had said this is in Hollywood, I would have gone, ah, I got something to do. I, I'll go up there if there's money. Like if right. you go... Even the smallest amount, like I'm like, all right, I can justify going through traffic and deal... But otherwise, I'm like, I'm getting like... I'm turning into that old man that I just don't want to do any... I turn down more gigs now. People are like, hey, you want... Nope. If you want to... <laughs> Nope, nope. And they're like, but it's a lot of money. Nope, nope. Well, what you should do if you if you really want to do that is just find, like even in your own home or something, but have an area, a garage or something like that. And if someone's willing to offer you enough money to headline a gig, just like hire a bus. And I, so when they like the people get to the gig, you just load them all on a bus. And bring them to my bring house. Bring them out to you. Well, we sell tickets to our show. Talking shit, um, fans pay up to $1,000 to come sit in my house and watch the show. Do they masturbate while they watch? We've had, uh, well, Jim and I had a <laughs> masturbation contest one time. On air? On air. The two of you? Three of us. Jason, who was our yes. homeless guy that was on the show. We each went to a different room and raced and to see who could jizz in a bag quickest. And uh, Jim won at, I think he was at five minutes. And I, I came in at about seven minutes. And Jason still hasn't. <laughs> and we even sent a girl in to help him out. And uh, he couldn't, he couldn't do it, but we had to. But it wasn't just how fast you could do it. Right. We had to have our our bags judged. <laughs> <laughs> what? So it was also about. Yeah, it was like con- one of those survivor con- contests. Yeah. It was consistency, right. quality. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just getting weight. weight. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, it was how much water you could keep in your mouth yeah. while you went through the obstacle course. Yeah. As well. As, yes. Right. And I'm not proud of it. I, the worst part is one day my mom called me. And my mom's the sweetest, nicest Catholic woman in the world in her 70s. And she calls me and this is all I get. I found your podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my God. And honestly, I'm not like afraid of my mom anymore. I'm a grown man. But that day I was just like, I really just wanted to hang up the phone and hide from her for months. For months. Because I knew, like I didn't even want to say... Which one did you hear? Mm. Did you hear the gay hot dog eating contest? Did you hear the the um like the the we have porn stars that come in sometimes? Like we just try to make it as absurd as possible, and I say horrible things that I don't mean, and I just try to make it as crazy as possible. And 
I, I just was like, I hope she didn't hear the jizz in the bag episode. Like that, that'll be the one I'm most embarrassed. What of. would be worse though? Um, well, I mean, I imagine she would be devastated because that is like her future grandchildren in yeah. her bag. <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> I mean, essentially, she's listening to a podcast right. where you kill her right. grandchildren yeah, 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 yeah. in a plastic yeah. bag. So, yeah, I can imagine. Over and over and over, over which and I have. <laughs> which, <laughs> uh, but what would be worse if she was disgusted by that or if she did listen to the podcast and really, Enjoy really it. enjoyed it? Well, she's like, finally, someone's saying all the things I've thought forever. Um, no, my mom, her sense of humor is like the other day, she goes, I was at the country club with my friends because we had a going away party for Barbara's moving to Oregon. She goes, and I went to the bar. Paint a little picture for us before we get to this. So your mom, what did you say? She's about 70? 76, I think. Right. And where, is, where does she She's, live? She lives in Pittsburgh. She's ultra Catholic. Okay. Ultra Catholic. Like she's so offended that I'm getting married without a priest at my wedding. Like it's just killing her. Right. She wanted me to talk to, uh, she wanted me to talk to our family priest and that now works at the Vatican. And I'm like, I'm not talking. She's like, he's going to call you. And I go, mom, father Ben raped me. <laughs> and that was my way he didn't he didn't I want right. to make that clear he didn't <laughs> right. but it was my only way of getting her to stop pushing it right. I went Father Ben raped me that's why there's not going to be a priest at the wedding because I was like I just didn't want to argue anymore right. and she well, was I mean, like it's a, com- it's a conversation ender. and she's like when and, uh, and I made up this whole story so now my mom thinks I was molested by a by a priest um, <laughs> but it it all It'll, it'll really end. So what you're saying either. is listening to your podcast is the least of her worries. He, well, sort but like her sense of humor. She said, so this was just yesterday. She goes, right. and so I went to the bartender and I always get vodka tonics. She goes, but today I said, I'm going to try something different. And the bartender said, Mrs. Ift, have you ever had sex on the beach? And she said, I said, wow, that's personal. <laughs> Like, that's her sense of humor. And then she thought it was, like, the craziest thing she's ever said. Meanwhile, she has a son that does rape jokes for a living. And uh, (laughs) I'm like, how did I come from this? And how, like... Just it's it's a very difficult thing. Look, she probably just looks at that sentence you just said and says, at least it has the words jokes in it. Yeah. You know, things yeah. could be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, that's true. And and when she comes to my show, she laughs. And uh, afterwards, do you point she, out to the audience? Yeah, like, I have to because right. I'm so uncomfortable on stage, and I'm like, I got this crazy woman in the crowd who made me, and uh, and. And then I start saying horrible things, and I'll, then I'll go, "That's a joke, mom. That's a joke." Because I'm like, "Is she believing this?" You know, and 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 then I'm, uh, and I, I some like she'll hear some of the horrible things I say, and I'm like, "I hope she thinks these are all just lies." <laughs> Right, like, because there's so much truth to so many of them. Yeah, she would but be I'm horrified like, by the level I, of truth. Yeah, and I'm like, I hope she just. Uh, uh, it's just it's uncomfortable. I'm, t- you know, I love my mom more than anything in the whole world, and I'd be devastated if I lost her. But I keep thinking, and this is a terrible thing to say, how easy my comedy career is going to be when my parents are gone. Right, when all bets are off. Yeah, <laughs> like there's going to be a whole new me. There's a whole new me. I'm not kidding. Watch the fuck out. And that says something about a guy who, it's fair to say, isn't afraid to talk about things already. No, but I love my parents so much that there's so many things that I do that I'm like, ah, why am I naked right now? Somebody's going to get a photo of this. My parents are going to see it. It's just, there's so many things I've done where I'm like, if this gets out, if this, ah, I'm just... (laughs) I can't ever look my dad in the eye, and and the, it's the only thing holding me back. The only thing in the world. Otherwise, I'm going fucking crazy, insane asylum. It's actually a really uh, funny premise for uh, like if if you were ever gonna like you know do a TV show. Yeah. I think that would be like this hilarious idea of this guy who's pretty like pretty dark and pretty fucked up anyway, but literally is just waiting for his parents to die before he can really, he can really go he's, nuts. He's got the whole act written. Right. <laughs> my, Because my, my sisters, I've got three older sisters, and they don't give a fuck. Like, right. they all know I'm crazy and everything, and they've seen it all and heard it and know it. And I remember one time I was walking out of, I used to live with my one sister, mm-hmm. and I'm walking out of my bedroom at like eight in the morning with two girls, and my sister just looks at me and goes, I'm telling mom. <laughs> <laughs> I just shrugged my shoulders. I'm like, sorry. You're like, tell everyone. Yeah, tell yeah, everyone. Yeah. But um, 
But I'm cloning girls. <laughs> yeah. I That's the like, point of that story, I was like, right? this is, I'm pretty proud of this. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, dad might give me a high five. Yeah, he would. <laughs> my, my dad's actually like that too. My dad would be like, you know what? That's, that's, you know, there's no reason for that. You don't, you don't need to do something like that. You know, why don't you settle down and find a nice girl? Right. So they're both very happy. That how do you, yeah, so how do they feel about the fact that you're uh, about to get married? Every time my fiance will call my mom on the phone. Uh, like from the car and it'll be on speakerphone. She'll think it's her because we'll be in like her car. And she'll be like, oh, hi, darling. She's like, are you calling to me to tell me it's off? <laughs> <laughs> she keeps thinking it's not going to happen. Like she's so worried. Right. And we're only getting married for her. Like for her and her, my girlfriend's parents. Like we were both like, let's start having kids. I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in law. I'm like, why would I ever <laughs> do this horrible shit? And it just, I was, my girlfriend's dad is a former NFL football player and he's oh, is that right? massive. Yeah. And wow. took me to chop wood one day. They have oh a house God. up in the mountains. Did he just do it with his hands? His uh, huge muscular hands? I, I, if you saw the <laughs> shit this guy can do. And Did he just charge at a tree? He's the guy in, uh, if you ever saw the movie Invincible with Mark Wahlberg, mm -hmm. he's Mark Wahlberg's roommate in the movie is based on him. Right. And he's talking about the knuckles, how you watch the guy's knuckle. That's him. Right. And uh, wow. he he took me to chop wood and he said, uh, I swear to God, he said, well, we're chopping wood. So what are your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> and I said, um, I I don't know what you mean by that. I was like, I, you know, I we love each other very much. Right. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure down the line, you know, we're gonna, you know, stay together and have a family and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, so when are you getting married? I was like, well, we've talked about that. And, um, you know, like, we just think that maybe, and he's like, you're getting married. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he's like, it's just the right thing to do. Right. And I was like, uh, well, yeah, I love her and I'll, right. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with yeah, her. Yeah, I want to have children. Yeah, yeah and, and, and family's so important to right. me and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and you're getting married. married. And I was like, Okay, I'm getting married. Yeah. Like, I knew there was no way out of it. So, uh, so I'm going to jump through all the hoops next week. So, um, is it a big wedding? Is it a little wedding? No, it's just family. I didn't want... Last thing I wanted were any of my cynical comedian friends there judging everything and talking, you know, like, you know, they're, they're a bunch of cunts. There's right. no possible way I want them... Uh, you know, I'm imagining uh, that Jim Jeffries knows way too much about you to be the best man doing the speech. Exactly, right? Jim. I, <laughs> I, talk, I talked to him two days ago, and he goes, "I said so, and we're getting married in two weeks." And he goes, "Where the fuck's my invitation?" And I went, "Jim, nobody's coming." And he went, "Oh, okay." Like he didn't even know I was getting married. He was. Right. He was more like, "What about me? Where?" Am I like, not on the list? Like, he couldn't yeah. believe that he was not going. <laughs> and I'm like, nobody's coming, Jim. But if they were, you wouldn't be. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I love Jim, but I don't know if I would ever invite him to my wedding. Because he would ruin it. <laughs> he would ruin it. He has that capability of, like... I've had some instances with Jim where you're just like, shit, I can't take him anywhere. <laughs> like, nowhere. And I can just imagine them at my wedding, you know. And comedians in general, because they're ungrateful. They'd all be going, really, is this, uh, you know, and this didn't. I, I've been to a few comedian weddings. They went well. I went to, well, none of them are still married. <laughs> I went to a wedding where Stephen Baldwin was the minister. Was the minister? Yeah, of a comedian. Is that what he does now, or is he? He's a super right-wing religious freak. Is he real? Oh fuck yeah! And uh, and I just I was like I can't I can't sit at a wedding watching the usual suspect up there, you no. know, talking about God. And meanwhile, this casting director used to tell me how she'd blow him in the voiceover booth every time he came in, and I'm like, yeah, how about those voiceover blowjobs, you know? How's Jesus like that? You know, it was... I, I just couldn't... Uh, I'm assuming that wasn't mid-voiceover, right? I don't know. Like, if you watch any of his movies and you listen closely to his dialogue, you don't hear a, like, slight slurpy sound. Well, he's... Uh, I imagine. He's, uh... She was... She was a pretty dirty girl. And I remember I used to go to the casting agency all the time in New York. Right. And, uh... And then I heard that and I was like, I wonder if she does that for everyone. And they're like... <laughs> 
they're like, you're not a big enough celebrity. <laughs> you know, like, she's not going to do it for you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. I was like, that'd be kind of cool. You know, you come in for an audition, right. leave with a blowjob. At least you're getting something. Maybe she has like a 10 guys to watch list. If you uh, I'm on. sure she did, but... Yeah, new faces. Because, especially in voiceover, people don't realize how many famous people do voiceovers. Like of course. Super famous. Yeah. And so that's where that's where you see them all. They're all Easy going, money. Yeah, you don't have to get out of your tracksuit pants. No, no. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, so, um, uh, so the wedding itself, I don't want to pry too much. I don't but give I, a fuck. I, uh, I am interested in just your perspective on it as a guy who like, you know, as you've already pointed out. I wrote a whole show two years ago called What Women Don't Want to Hear. Right. About how shitty weddings are. Right. And uh, I mean, it was, that was an aspect of it. And about, I studied like, not evolutionary biology, but I watched a lot of documentary films on mating and like animal instincts and all this stuff just so uh, I could was you were you just masturbating to animals having <laughs> sex Is no that what you no but doing? I have done that right no. <laughs> no I did a podcast where a girl talked about she worked with uh in zoology or whatever and she was watching orangutans fuck all day they were watching this thing and she goes she goes and I'm sitting there with all these guys and we're watching it and she goes and I just had to go to the bathroom and masturbate and I everybody kept going at the wow. podcast and I'm like um can you rewind? A, did you right. say you just went and jerked off to uh, to orangutans? And she was. I mean, like, that's got to be an interesting girl to go on a first date with to rise of the planet of the apes. Yeah, <laughs> like, just about halfway through. Well, that shit's gonna get real. Knowing that, you'd be like, "Hey, you, you want to go see wanna, planet of the apes? I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a little." Uh, <laughs> it, I gotta be honest. It was weirdly kind of like. If this girl masturbate to apes fucking, right. you could get her to do anything. And um, maybe not. I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, maybe that's just people the have their specific things. Yeah, yeah. Like it can be, you know, yeah. just because someone's into one thing doesn't mean they're into everything. But back to, I, so I watched all this mating shit and I was yeah. like, and then I wrote a show about it, just basically saying we're animals and we're just a little more of an elevated species. And so like, Lower your expectations. Sure. And I was just trying Great to say... message for the kids. It, yeah. It, <laughs> no, my, my message for the kids is on the face, not in the pussy. <laughs> on the face, not in the pussy. Um, but if you, if you study it all, it's like you understand why everybody does anything. And it all boils down to survival. Right. And it all comes down to, like, you know, Darwinism and, and you know, the species and trying to... Make yourself attractive to the other species because the man wants to spread his seed and the woman wants to nest. And the critics just fucking attacked me and came after me like I was the Antichrist. And I'm like, they're all jokes. Like right. everything I was doing was taking a premise and then making a joke about it. And they were like, how dare he talk about women and men, the hackiest subject in the world, and blah, 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 and do it like this. And I was just like, all right, look, it's just trying to. But at the end of the day, I was saying, like, men really don't give a fuck about weddings. We really don't. It's become a, it's, it's an industry. It's an economy. And it's a, and I said, you never see a little boy going, I dream about the tuxedo I'm going to wear on my wedding day. We don't give a fuck. You know? I feel like with the acceptance, you know, around the world that gay marriage is, is now having, that maybe that will change. There may be, like, you know, little boys dreaming of yeah, growing up and, and getting and married. Yeah, and that's the problem to- with gay marriage. Um, <laughs> What's the problem with gay marriage? That, that is Here the problem with it right there. That's right. what I said. My problem with gay marriage is not with the gays. It's with the marriage aspect right. of you it. Have this, well, this is the interesting thing. You said things like that all over the years is you're not a marriage fan. And look, as a dude who's never been married and has no interest in being married, I don't want you to feel like I'm... Like, I get that. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I'm 100% in your corner, you know? Like, well, the, the, the gays, I understand equality. I'm all for equality, but I always say gay people wanting gay marriage is like white people during the days of slavery saying, I want to pick cotton too. Right. Like, <laughs> you're on the good side of something. Right. You're fighting for shit. Uh-huh. Like, you're, you're fighting. You don't have to do that. And I understand all the legal rights and everything right. that come along with it, but you're also trying to bring along all the reli- all the other aspects of it that are the shitty aspects of it. Like, yeah, there's some good tax write-offs. Good part of marriage. Um, <laughs> fucking like uh, health benefits. Good part of marriage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Give gays all those things. But gays, stop fighting for the other shit. You don't need that and the, the wedding and all the bullshit and the money that's spent on it. Oh, it's fucking every day. Write another check. Uh. <laughs> 
These are your vows, right? Uh, you're, you're running us through now. These are your vows. Uh, my, I, uh, no, but it's interesting because obviously, despite all that, right, you still like, you know, love her enough and want to be with her oh, enough sure, sure. that you're also willing to go, hey, here's a thing that I've talked about, the yeah, idea yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. into this. I'm, and yet I, I'm so into you yeah, I'm that willing, I'm willing to go through something that I consider to be a complete nut of fuss. I think that, like, family's really important to me. Like, I can't imagine being a shitty dad. Uh-huh. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I, I thought I could. When I was younger, I was like, oh, I'll be a fucking shitty dad. Yeah, I'm like, shitty dad. There's, a, there's a place for shitty dads in right. this world. Shitty dads make great art. Right. You know, like, great music. Great, great actors great we wouldn't have any of the art music anything that we have without shitty parents shitty parents and so he's the shitty parents but something the way i was brought up the way i can't be a shitty dad like i i see how i am with my dogs and last night i felt bad i came home from dinner and i took them down to the beach and ran them for an hour because i felt bad that they were in for four hours while i was at dinner i just have to there's something about me that takes priority. It's right. Like you don't want those dogs to grow up to be strippers. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be the way with kids. So the last thing I would do is fuck up a family. Yep. And so I think I didn't settle down until I met the girl that I knew was right for like. I say this all the time yeah. to people. Like when people talk about this idea of re- relationship deal breakers, right? Mm-hmm. The, the thing that they don't understand is when you meet someone, you're willing to break a bunch of your deals yeah. if they're the right person. Yeah. And people don't really appreciate that. Yeah. Like I, they feel like it's got to be, we've all got to be on exactly the same page and everything's, but it, it doesn't really have to be. I, I've had a bunch of friends say it to me where they go, um, you meet your wife when you see your kid's mother. Oh, like right. You, you see the woman that you would want mothering your children. Because I, I dated this this so fucking hot stripper for a while right and she was crazy and we got into trouble all the time and it was fun and she was funny and all this stuff and one of my friends said to me he goes you know you're asking for the biggest nightmare in the world I said what he goes she's gonna get pregnant you know that and he goes and then you're gonna have a kid with her and she's gonna be a horrible mother and you're gonna resent her so badly because you were brought up differently and you just care about your, you're gonna care about your kids and she's not and you're gonna hate her and you're gonna get divorced and then your kids are gonna suffer through the whole fucking thing. And he's like, and I was like, he's totally right. And he's like, don't get her pregnant. He's like, you're gonna get her pregnant. Don't fucking get her pregnant. And I was like, wow. And I survived it. And she was a nightmare, you know, like. But fun. So much fucking right, fun. Right, so that's what you were going through. Yeah, but... And, every, yeah, but and every, there's one of those, like, you know, back the other way, like, girl to guy. Like, you know, you see sensible, nice girls who actually just need a sensible, nice guy. Yeah, but they date the asshole. But they date an asshole because they like that... That excitement. You know, yeah, they yeah, like that, being... You know, that's, that. that's why I say, right. on the face, not in the pussy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that you have a lovely message to share with people, Eddie, but it sometimes... I disguise Language it gets... The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I try to do. <laughs> um, can I, uh, and again, uh, we can stop talking about any of this when it gets too personal, but I, 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 I am interested in the idea of how you guys met. Did you know straight away that yeah. it was? Well, no, 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 no. I met her in Australia and uh, she's an American. She was living in Australia and I knew uh, she had a boyfriend and I just, so I stayed friends with her. Uh-huh. And I, when I first met her, I'm like, wow, that girl's hot and blah, blah, blah. And uh, you know, everything. And then they're like, oh, yeah, she's got a boyfriend. I was like, oh, fuck. But she, I would see her at this cafe that I go to all the time in Bondi. And, um, and I, so I just made a friendly relationship with her. And I had to do some photo shoot. And I asked her to do the, I needed to get some clothes for it. And she went and did it because she was a fashion stylist. And one day she called me a couple of years later and was like, my boyfriend and I broke up. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. And she was like, I got a puppy. You want to see it? And I was like, of course I do. And I just... And just from there, it just started. Uh, so, do you think it was advantageous the fact that you met where you had to form a friendship first? Do you think the nature of your relationship might have been different if, like, you know, you just both both been single and like? I, I don't know. I don't know. Life? I knew like day one, like when she broke up with her boyfriend, and, like our first date. I'm like, I'm gonna marry this girl. Right. I just knew like it was, uh-huh. and everyone said it was too easy. Right. It was too easy. It was the most accommodating thing in the world. Like someone was just going, here's your whole life for you. I will take care of everything. And in return, I felt like, well, I'll do the same for you. It was just, when people say it's easy, 
I like, I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. It was easy. It was easy. You know, she just, everything was like, how can I make, where every other girl was like, what can you do for me? This girl was like, what can I do for you? And made me go, oh, what can I do for you? So like, and were you open to that straight away? Like, were you open yeah, to that idea? Weirdly. Because you're a guy who like, you know, you've traveled around the world. You like, you know, you like your own life. Like you've set up, as you were talking about earlier, yeah. you know, you live in an area of the world that you enjoy living in. You yeah. try to live a life that you enjoy. Were you open to the idea of like, I had gotten over all the like crazy, you know, like I've, you yeah. know, geez, I've, I've, I've been a bad boy right. and, uh, <laughs> I've, I've gotten around and, uh, and I was just kind of sick. I was like, how much of this can I do? I've, I've done it enough and I've, and, uh, and it gets all, and that's, I like, even now, you know, I'll see girls and be like, wow, she's hot. And I'm like, but the end of the day I'm gonna wake up and have a nightmare on my hands you know or so blah, I just I'm I'm done as you get older I think you just take less and less risk and you're like I'm, I'm not taking any more risk in that in that category there's certain things where it's the same thing with me and like I do a lot of crazy shit like run marathons and climb stuff and you know people will be like hey do you want to go fucking parachute out like on 4th of July they want me to parachute and with 200 naked women for this promotional thing for breast cancer and I was like no, right. I don't want to. Because you hate people. I've jumped. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> a, I hate breast cancer. Uh, um, I've jumped out of airplanes before. I don't want a guy packing my chute that's looking at naked women. Uh, I mean, just, that is a good point. There's like a lot of risk involved. I'm not no no need for risk. So there's certain things. So like, fucking strange women and all these not even strange women, but just like random girls or right. having like short dating experience. It's too much risk. I'm done with it. I and I like the whole idea of like coming home to the same person. It's weird, but I did. So, how long then in between? Oh, I'm getting know, divorced in two years. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> how long until she gets sick of you and goes? Um, no, how long in between you going on your first date and you popping the question? Then, how long a period of time has that been? You know, it's weird. We, there was no like popping the question. It was more like. We were dating and so quickly we just, she moved back from Australia to America. She got a house like three blocks down the street from me in Venice. You know, we practically lived together right away. I, she was at her place, I was at mine, but we'd spend every night together if I wasn't traveling. Um, she had a dog, I had a dog. It's like they became like, it was like having kids. It was like the Brady Bunch and our kids. Sure. And, yeah, and then, dog family. Yeah, and yeah. then, uh, <laughs> And then it was just like it just kind of went into, oh, we're ready to have kids now. And uh, her, that's when the dad and the chopping wood and, you know. And then I thought, I thought once I got her pregnant and uh, I was like, I was like, you know, I want to have kids right away. Like, I want to have kids now. But so I, I would have been like, cool, kids. But then I got this, I felt bad for as much as I don't care. I felt bad for my parents and her parents that they would have to say to people, oh yeah, Lauren, you know, she's got a baby and our kid and they're like, oh, when did she get married? And they're like, she didn't. And not, right. I don't give a shit about yeah, any of that stuff, know. but I know that's important in their life. Right. And that's going to put them in a bad position. And I was like, I'll fucking do this dumb ceremony just so that they don't have embarrassment. But that's a beautiful insight that you have just made there that I don't think a lot of people sometimes I think sometimes in this world people do things despite the fact that they don't lose anything out of or it would make someone else happy that sort of thing like you've chosen to go well I'm not really into this but I know that it will stop like people Other I love people, having yeah. this like yeah, thing that it's is uh, important to them it's kind of a what is, I think it's John Stuart Mill utilitarianism right. it's uh, the greatest good for the greatest amount of people and it's like it, the only thing it's doing for me, I mean, I don't like the, the, the whole build up to this wedding and the hoops I've had to jump through and the papers I've had to sign and all the fucking red tape. It, she's been really good about it, so I don't have to deal with it. Uh -huh. But it just has been, it's a lot of crap. Like, I had to go meet with the minister and he started asking me questions. He's, like, what sort of questions? Because he, he wanted to write his kind of. Uh, about knowing you guys. And he was asking me questions like, what, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you like most about Lauren? And I was like, her sweet vag, you know, like, I'm, 
I just was like, dude, just say, do you promise to love, honor, right. respect till death? Oh, you're married, but... And or I, you could give him your credits. Yeah. You could just... <laughs> you might have seen that next... This, uh, this, guy, this guy got booed off BET's comic view. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, it was that, like, I just didn't want to go through that shit. And, but if I can suck it up so all these other people are happy, I'll do it. Like, di- I don't think I'm going to feel any differently two weeks from now than I do now. I don't, I think it'll be, oh, oh, now I'm legally bound to you. I mean, I actually think that puts actually a little bit of stress on the relationship. You do? A little bit, a little bit. Um, because, uh, I don't know, but I hear this thing about it makes you work through some bad times because you go, look, it's so much trouble. It's like, it's like my house. Like right now, she wants to buy a house and I, I love my little house that I have down in Venice uh-huh. and I probably love it just because I don't want to move. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's I think right. probably a lot of marriages stay together because the guy's because like, they're like, oh God. I don't want to go through this divorce exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would never get divorced because of that. Right. I mean, I am not good with like <laughs> sitting down and doing all that. It's really funny, man. It's really funny. Um, so, it's when, like, so when are you getting married? Yeah, well, never, never. I don't You'll think never know. So. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I would have no problem with it. Like you know, if someone I was with yeah. was like, hey. You know, I really want to get married. That's I don't like think important to them. Yeah, I don't think I would have a problem. Yeah, but you know, that. that's like if somebody said to me, I think it's really important that you believe in God, I'd be like, it's not going to fucking happen. You know, I'm not going to... You can't change my belief system. And that's right. kind of how I felt. Although God would. is imaginary and marriage isn't. Right, true. So. Well, that's how I felt, though, about the marriage thing. I was like, it is kind of imaginary and it is kind of bullshit and it's not necessary. And why... My whole life is simplicity, and why are you going to make me do things? Like, I did everything I was told to do. My dad was a bit, not military, but when I grew up, it was, uh, had to have your hair short, had okay. to, you know, clean shit, had to walk upright, had to do this, always wore a suit, you know, suit to church on Sundays, and just very proper, very proper. And he was, I grew up like a country club brat, like always at a country club, and I was always in trouble there to right. the point where I couldn't even go there. Because he's like, I heard you did this. I heard you did this. I And I was like, I'm just not going to be around. And I just had to get away from all of that. And so I've always been like a bit of like, I want to do the least amount of things that I'm told to do as possible. Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, like I like it when I go to a country and I didn't fill out my visa. <laughs> you know, and I somehow got in. Has that really Oh, yeah, happened? yeah. There's been stuff where, like, I've gone to... The, I've performed in the UK, and, like, while I land, my agent's like, I forgot to fill out your visa. And I was like, the fuck am I going to do? And he's like, just don't say anything. And just do your gigs and blah, blah. And then I... And then I came back and I was like, actually, I probably shouldn't be talking about that on here, but... Um, yeah. No, you didn't uh, do this. This is a fictional... Yeah, yeah. This, this is, never this happened. This is a joke. Let's not and, talk about this anymore. But, yeah. but, <laughs> but shit like that. Like, I, I yeah. love when I get around... When people are so such sticklers for rules and I By get the around, way, it would be the most terrible luck of all time if you were going into a country, particularly, you know, if you're going gig. to the United Kingdom and they stop you at the border and say, look, we were listening to your episode of Fofop. And like, you I mean, great for the know. podcast. I know. Two, Don't get me wrong. Great I know two podcast. guys that have been turned around. Three actually turned around, uh, and one of them just had no idea that he needed a visa. And oh, I'm well, like, that's always good. And he got there, and he was all like, "They're like, yeah. what are you here to do?" He's like, "I'm doing a gig." Yeah. And they were like, they're "Really? Like, really? really? Yeah. Do you have some papers?" And they're like, "See, I'm put them right back right. on a plane because we have a no idiots allowed." In yeah, policy. that's pretty much. I one time flew to Australia and lost my passport on the plane. What? How do you do that? I thought somebody stole it. Well, they must have, right? Or, or... It was like, I was having a panic attack, and I talked to like the flight manager, and he goes, I hate to tell you this. He's, I'm like, what am I going to do? He's like, I hate to tell you this, but they're probably going to turn you around. And at the time, I was having a lot of trouble flying. I was like... You can't put me back on a plane. I was like, I'll, I'll start killing people. Right. I'll start murdering people. That doesn't help though. You can't, I know, but, <laughs> don't, but don't say that. But that I was like, help. can't you just keep me for like right. in a room? I can't get back on a plane for 15 hours. And uh, he's like, I'm sorry, that's what they do. And I was like, all right, everybody on this plane, <laughs> we need to find this passport. <laughs> 
And uh, and they found it. It was like four rows behind me. What? It well, on must the floor? have fallen on the floor, and, and then people just kept backwards. kicking it back. And uh, and the guy that it was under was sleeping, and you know, on like some fucking hardcore sleeping drugs, and didn't didn't look for it. And uh, I was just like, oh, this would have been awful, awful. I mean, that's one of the things that people don't understand about because a lot of the time when you're touring to places. You don't necessarily have a visa for the whole time to be there. You might have a visa yeah. for like going to a festival or going to a specific yeah, thing. Yeah. And you know, about fifteen people have been involved in that process yeah, yeah, and yeah. somebody might have fucked something up. I've had some little fuck ups, weird shit where it's like they had to extend the visa and then like I remember I went in one day and they said, Listen, we're closed tomorrow because of public holiday, but that's when you have to come because that's when your visa ends. So technically, you're going to be here past your visa, but I okayed it, but you're going to have to write a letter explaining why this happened. Then you write the letter and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Oh, fuck. And you're like, oh, great. You just ruined my chance of ever getting into a country again. I have, um, uh, every time I come into America, they always ask me to tell them a joke. Oh. Like, always. And it's always like one of those things where you're like, is this a test that I am a comedian? Like, because I've written it down there. Like, if I don't tell you a joke, are you going to be like, well, you don't know any jokes. Fuck off. Or like, oh, I'm like, that is just, but I guess maybe in that situation, I don't know, because I had a major They're work. bored. Right. They're bored. They're to fucking get, with people. Their job right. is awful. They're bored and they fuck with people. Yeah. Right. I had a guy in Australia. I okay. got there just last time I went. He goes, yeah. oh. He got, I thought he knew. He goes, oh, you're a comedian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know. And he was, I was like, how'd you know? And he goes, oh, you wrote it down right here. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Well, that is a good way to know, though. Because I've had it a bunch of times where, not in America. I never get recognized here. But in Australia, I'll come through and they're like, oh, hey, it's you. And I'm like, no one knows my name. But they're always like, it's you. Yeah. And, uh, and then you get that, like, a little bit of preferential treatment, you know. They're like, hey. And, uh, but America, they're always like, fuck off. That's an interesting thing. Cause like people in Australia in particular might not understand this, but like, because you've been coming to Australia so regularly, you have like, you know, like people in Australia do recognize you, you know, quite a lot, not to the, like, as in not as much here in the U S no, the U S is that a weird thing for you to have that, you know, the U S the only place I ever get recognized is in comedy circles or weird. My podcast is weirdly popular that like. I was walking down the street one day and three guys got down on their knees and started going, uh, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. And I'm like, huh? And they're like, talking shit, talking uh, shit. And I was like, how do you know what I look like? It's a, it's a, you know, a podcast. Right. And, but if they're loyal fans. Like, if they, they love know, it that much, yeah. they've done some investigation. But I was like, you, you like my podcast that much. And, right. and I'm always amazed by it, but you know. It's probably what keeps us doing it. I've done 270 episodes or something, and that's probably why. Because they are di- the fans are diehards. It's not like it's not like the exposure. When I hang out with like one of my famous friends in America, it's like, really? Are you that? Like, like we're walking down the like we can't walk down the street. Like you're that famous, and then uh, I just I don't I I've never I, I experienced it for like a day. After I did Last Comic Standing. Right. The day I got kicked off. I forgot that like 14 million people watched that show that night. Yeah. And I w- like everything from I got into the, the car service I got into the next day. The guy's like, hey, uh, you know, I thought you should have won. To the guy at the airport carrying my bags. To like people on the plane. And I was like, this is what happens when you're this famous. Right. Like, Except like, for actual fame. Like for famous, famous people. Yeah. That effect happens every day. Every day. day. Every day. And this was just... It's like every day they were on the final of last, last comic standing. Yeah. This ended like four days later. Yeah. Because you were top of mind for a minute. Yeah. Exactly. And then the next week it was like, you're out. Yeah. Whoever's still on the show. Yeah. And and it's also, it's a fame like, it, it's, it's a weird, I think shows like that, it's a weird kind of fame that's like ultra famous because like somebody like Christopher Walken... It happens every day of his life, so people aren't going to be like, holy shit, it's Christopher Walken. Right. But because somebody's newly famous, you can go after them. Oh, well, he used to be one of us. Yeah. I mean, a few weeks ago, he was one of us. So we have every right. He would have been excited to see a famous person. We are 
okay to go fuck with him as yeah, much as we want. Of course. Yeah, whereas you're not going to, you see Val Kilmer, I, you know, like that's, I see him in my bank and I'm like, fucking Val Kilmer. You know? Bank, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, what's, what's Val Kilmer like at the bank, yeah, by the way? Fat and slobby. Right. He, yeah, he looked less I feel like that's thumb. like where yeah. he is, is at everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I watched the um, final episode of, did you ever watch Life is Short, the Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant? No, I, 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 I watch a lot of his stuff and I never watched that, the one with, the, I, I think I might have watched a little bit of it. Right. So essentially like one of the main plot points was like the dude who was the, you know, the talent agent and, you know, who'd been in Willow and, you know, all those films. Like, so eventually in this, like, final episode, which is the final episode they've ever done, like, Val Kilmer comes back to try to make, like, Willow 2 with him. Okay. But, and it's really, really funny, but in that way that you're still not sure if Val Kilmer's in on the joke or not. Oh, wow. Like, you know, in that way you were going, either he's a genius who understands why people mock him and he's beautifully playing that. Yeah, yeah. Or they've just gone... Be Val Kilmer, and he's not quite in the same way as when Gary Busey was. Yeah, I was on, just thinking Gary Busey, uh, Celebrity Rehab or whatever yeah. it was, and thought he was there to help. Not well, a friend of mine, show. a friend of mine who does my podcast all the time, uh, Adam De La Pena, did uh, did a show called I'm with Busey. Oh, and it was a Comedy Central show. Weirdly, the funny thing is we're friends because I had a pilot on Comedy Central that didn't get picked up, and his show did. Right, and all the same people worked on my show that worked on his show. No, we're we're shooting another show too right, right now. And I heard the name. I'm like, like that's gonna get picked up. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, that one did, and mine didn't. But it was just his pitch. He told me his pitch. He went in. He goes, so they're like, so what is it? He was like a nobody at the time. Adam was. He was a writer for the Man Show or something. Mm. He goes, um, so I'm obsessed with Gary Busey, and uh, so I'm gonna make friends with him, and I'm gonna follow him around, and he's gonna do crazy shit with me. And I'm just going to like, we're going to say, hey, let's do this. And then we're going to do it. And they were like, done. That's, that's a show. show. And it was hysterical. Here's a giant novelty check we pre-prepared. Because Gary Busey was fucking crazy. He's crazy though. And he'd be like, hey man, here's what we're going to do. Um, there's this cliff right off the side of my house here in Malibu. And we're going to tie a rope. And I'm just going to hang off the rope for a while. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you and I will sit there and we'll hang off that rope and... We'll just see what happens. And Adam was like, okay, uh, so we're going to get stuntmen to, to hang off the rope. No, man, it's just going to be you and me, brothers. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's a genius show. I can see my how. God, of course. Because I know people like that where it's just like, like Jason from my podcast right. was like that where anything we did with him was funny. He left our show and, and, and he was like, I could do my own show. I'm like, you can't. Right. Because you don't understand what makes you funny. Sometimes like, also it's about being part of the mix. Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't necessarily need to see everyone go like uh, solo themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I would say the Hulk. The Hulk, always great when he's in an ensemble movie, always steals the show, right? But you just don't want to see the Hulk by himself. Well, I did because thing. I hate the Avengers because. Oh, hang on. It go. was like a lot of foreplay. Ooh, it was, what do you mean by that? But what I mean is they didn't need to call any of them. They just needed the Hulk. Right. He came in at the end and just was like, oh, sure. really? Where's Loki? Bam, 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 bam. Done. But, you've, but it's, he's, he's untrustworthy, the Hulk. I know, but... Like, the Hulk's like one of those genius comedians who, like, when he kills, he kills. But yeah. a lot of the time, yeah. just doesn't even rock up. Rick Shapiro. Fleety. The Hulk is... <laughs> 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 Hulk smashed. No, but, but, but the Hulk was it, that really pissed me off, right? Because I thought it needed to show. Thor's a god. It, Thor's a god with a magic hammer. Yeah, like, which is a little weird because if he can, if he's a god, he can kind of like whip up a spe- You know, like I would have liked to seen more of a concerted effort. Like everybody kind of worked together. Having a, I felt like they were all just chiseling away. And then in came the Hulk and was like, let me finish the fucking job you guys all couldn't do. And bam, bam, bam. And it was done. It was like, he's so much better than all of them. Right. So it was like, couldn't you make him equal? Like, why did he have to, why did he have to be so supreme to them all? Because then you make me feel like they're all waste. Right, but yeah, but the Hulk's uh, weakness is in his mind. Yeah, you know? and then and early then they, on in the movie, he was a little rapey. And they, you yeah. can't trust that guy. And then they go on to make more of them, yeah. and they make all these like Iron Man three, and he's got to save the world. And you're like, why don't you call you all your buddies? Do you remember? You know these guys, the Avengers. Right. And why are you doing this by yourself? Why is there any peril? Remember, you know all these other guys, and I'm sure the way they are, they know everything that's going on around the world because that's their job. But they have their own issues. 
Yeah, well, what Thor's, Thor's fighting Loki on yeah. another planet. Another planet. That's understandable. And, and the Hulk, Bruce Banner doesn't like being the Hulk. Well, you know? That makes sense. So that makes he's sense. off, you know, like hiding in India did they, again. Did, did they do that in Iron of, Man 3? Is that what the story was? Well, they didn't acknowledge it. But there was like the whole, in Iron Man 3, there was a lot about how traumatized like Iron Man had been since what happened in, in the, the Avengers. Arc. Right. So, yeah. you know, there was a little. See, I couldn't see it because I was upset. I was like, you can't go solo it's like david lee roth you, you can't go <laughs> out on your own after you win van halen you, know, like, you just don't leave you don't leave the band and you know, call up you fucking you need a good guitarist eddie's available they'll be back though i mean after a few sequels in between they'll be back the avengers too so that's you know They'll be there. Yeah, I'm sure of it. They're coming. It makes millions, billion, yeah. billions. What do you What do you like? What if you're like if you're going to see a movie? Are you a superhero guy? Or no, I'm like weirdly. I like really weird independent films, like like as dark as they can get. I mean, a lot of times, if I'm in a happy place in my life, I can see a dark film. But if I'm in a bad place, I don't want to see dark shit. Um, but I can't stand action films, and I, I I can if it's done so well, I enjoy it. If it's done so well, like I enjoyed the Avengers, I right. enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't go. Oh, that blow. every once in a while, a, a movie blows me away that's like high budget and just blows me the fuck away, you know. But I'm like, it would have to be a film like Braveheart blew me away, or um, what's the movie that I thought was like the best, mo- the South African film um, District District Nine. Uh, District Nine, yeah, that was. I think that's like one of District the greatest. District Twelve, District, whatever. District I thought it was like 9. one of the greatest films I'd ever seen. Right, I, like that's just that was a good film though. Phenomenal, I did like, I so creative and stuff like that. But but as far as like any block, but like taking Channing, Channing Tatum taking over the White House, I'd I'd rather sit in my toilet and. Uh, you know, read a magazine for twelve hours, then go see that. Like, you could, you couldn't pay me to go sit and watch that movie. <laughs> I mean, just, Did you have you uh, done any movies? Have you ever like done like because you know movie acting and like being? In I've done I've done little like stuff Hollywood like thing? little stuff, friend stuff. No, no one's ever asked me to be. I've got friends that are like massive directors now. Yeah, like massive, directing the biggest films, and I'm like, hello, hello, I'm over here. Is it because they know you won't go to Hollywood? Um, possibly. <laughs> I think, I wonder if it's like he'd, be, like, he'd be a pain in the ass on the set. Right. Um, but honestly, when I do get to sets, I'm an angel. I, I shut my mouth because I'm so, not inexperienced, but I don't want to rock the boat because I would like to do, I say this, and every, then every time I'm on a set, like I just did Jim's sitcom and when I was on it, I kept calling my fiance going, if I ever agree to do one of these again, remind me how much I hate it. Because of the boring waiting around? It's so boring. Oh my God, it's boring. It's the worst thing it's ever. It's so boring. It's so boring. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, and probably if you have any actors that listen, if you're just acting as yourself, I think it's the easiest fucking job in the world. Okay, right. In the world. I mean, like Daniel Day-Lewis playing Lincoln, that's amazing. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody playing a retard or something like that. It, awesome. Like, Fucking great, incredible. Sure. Even even something like I'm watching Breaking Bad and watching Aaron Aaron Paul or whatever his name is, the, the scene after he was like his face was all beaten in, amazing. Like that's great acting. I couldn't do that, no. you know. But doing comedy where I'm just talking to a but. There's a movie you might know. It's Snowtown. Yes. Um, I watched the film. I'm like these actors are phenomenal. They're all amazing. I'm like, did they all go to NIDA? I'm like, they must all. And I'm like, how do I not know these actors? They're mi- Oh, they're all going to be like nominated for Academy Awards. And then I read on Wikipedia, they found them in the mall. Yeah. And I was like, and then I saw Stanhope one day after I had said it a million times. Stanhope was, saw, had seen the film on Twitter and he said, hey, every one of you that's won an Academy Award, watch Snowtown and give it back. <laughs> <laughs> like, these nobodies. Right. Like, but, but that's, there's something in, I mean, You'd be interested to see what they are capable of doing outside. Yeah. Because, you know, as you're saying, if, if, if you just cast people right yeah. and you say be yourself, yeah. then, of course, people can probably do that to a certain yeah. extent. It was, but, it was mind-blowing how when I watched that film, I got so into it because I'm like so eerily weird, like how real they all are. I'll tell you an interesting thing, and I have spoken about this a little on the podcast before, but we were speaking before uh, we uh, started recording about uh, being in Fairbanks, Alaska, and when I was there, 
uh, the local school was doing a uh, stand-up comedy night. Oh, awesome. So all these kids, 13 to 15, like for their kind of speech class, uh, their assignment had been to like a writer stand-up set and like they were going to perform it. And that's how they'd be judged for their speech class. And so because I was the touring comedian in town that week, they invited me down to the school and they all did their acts for me, like in a classroom and I would just give them like feedback or whatever. But the interesting thing about it was there were more different perspectives and different voices. You know, in comedy... Then you see here and Then you see in, in any LA. open mic here. Right. Because right. everyone here in an open mic in particular is doing... It's, we go on this really interesting journey, I think, as comedians a lot of the time, which is at the start, like these kids, they're just being natural. Like one dude's talking about, like, you know, some dark shit. The next kid's talking about bullies right, in school. Right. The next one's talking about... It doesn't matter. I had a manager once who said when he takes on a client, the first thing he does is he says... Let me see your first five minutes. Right. And they go, why? And he goes, it was shit. And he goes, but let me see it because that's what made you think you were funny. Yeah. And he goes, the stuff you were talking about is probably so weird and didn't work. But now that you're good, you can make you it work. You can make it work. Yeah. That and, would be your individual voice and perspective. Sure, sure. Right. And, and the comedians that absolutely end up doing well, it's because they have a point of view. And I always think I don't, uh, that's my problem, that I don't have a point of view. And I'm like, there's no point of view within me that's any different than anyone else's. And, um, but I look at guys that have these like phenomenal, phenomenal points of view that I'm like, well, where does that come from? You know, like I always look at myself like I'm just a horrible watered down version of like Stan Hope and, you know, Lou and David, all the comics I looked up to. And uh, I, I'm see, just... See, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, I love, like, and I think it'll be really interesting to see what effect like being married and this stage of your life also has on your work. Oh, it's going to ruin me. Right. Um, <laughs> I really do. I'm worried about that. No, no, no. Because I think that like some of the shit you were talking about today, like even that idea of like, you know, and I know you're starting to talk about some of this stuff in your work because I saw you do a set the other night and some of these things were in it anyway. But that idea of like doing something for someone else and the sacrifices you're yeah. making that balance out your opinions on things. Yeah. Like, you know, that sort of thing of going, you can still have your firm opinion on something, but also like, you know, kind of open yourself to the audience that like you're also a guy who makes compromises in a situation because I think that's a really legitimate like thing that people resonate with because a lot of people do that you do yeah. something for someone else sure but you don't see that theme explored a lot in comedy no I in comedy really it's a, it's, I have this thing about LA especially that when I walk into a comedy club I want to have a giant bell and anytime I hear a comic on stage talk about gay people or gay anything gay right. I want to ring the bell because I feel like it's like everybody in their act has to talk about, and I'm like, I, I never look at gay people like they're gay. I, I look at it like whatever, everybody does so many different things in the fucking bedroom. Oh my God. That there's everybody. so that there's no way to and it's all categorize weird. like there's gay people and there's straight people. I'm so like, it's like my thing with like when you hear someone say, look, you know, a man having sex with another man is disgusting. Yeah. You're like, it's all disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Stop yeah, yeah, pretending. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do a bit about that. I always say, stop pretending that it's I always say, disgusting. I go, I would go gay if it wasn't for the right. ass fucking. I said, because I can't even take a finger. And mm -hmm. I said, it, it's, and I go, and I don't like fucking girls in the ass. There's poo in there. Right. I don't enjoy the asshole. It's not one of my. I'm, I'm a weird kind of hygiene kind of guy when it comes to stuff like I that. I feel like not sticking parts of your body in poo is a fine thing to say. And, uh... In general. And, like, and I, if the poo's on the ground... All gay friends are like, I don't, I don't fucking go in there either. They're right. like, I just do the... And so... Yeah, it's not... And, but, and that's a really interesting thing to say because... There is no sort of like you know. It's not like in a gay relationship, everyone does exactly yeah, the same thing. Right. In like so, a so to even talk about it is just when I hear comics doing it, it's like saying men do this and women do this, and I'm like, can we please just stop? But I, you know what? I think you're absolutely right, and and because I have noticed this myself, because like in the past, particularly with Australia's attitude to like gay marriage and stuff, like I used to have like a lot of like gay marriage material and the funny thing is that when i came over here in particular but also in australia a bit now as well everyone's kind of because it's top of mind it, yeah yeah i talk about it because everybody's it is talking yeah. about yeah. it yeah yeah and so it is that sort of thing of going like sometimes shit that wasn't like hacky if you know what i mean like you know the first person who talked about midgets or whatever probably yeah. had some yeah. really yeah. funny original yeah. take yeah. on it yeah but but it's the 50 yeah. copies yeah, yeah. that is the, the thousand right? hundred thousand uh, well, to the point where sometimes even the person who did the original bit 
has to stop doing that bit because it would seem hacky, you know, because everyone else made it hacky, if you know what I mean. I interviewed a guy for a documentary in South Africa who said he ran the South African Comedy Festival and he said, I, he goes, I get a billion tapes. This is way back when. He said, I get a billion tapes of people going, George Bush is an asshole and the crowd cheers. Ah, how hard is it to fucking... And he goes, I'm looking for the one guy that gets on stage and says, I love... George Bush and, and, and George Bush is great and he goes and then does a joke about why and that's what I did and he goes you know that's why he goes I found you because my thing was if everybody's going this way I want to go the opposite that's why when I talk about gay marriage I, it's easy to get on stage and go hey I'm, I'm, a, I'm for gay marriage who's not that speaks in public like right. when's the last time a guy came on and bashed gays on stage no so I will I mean it's a fair point like you know you're in an arts club yeah you know yeah. watching art exactly like, so I go it's on it's a safe space for <laughs> so for fun I go on and I go I'm completely yeah. against gay uh-huh. marriage sure and, and just as I would go and my point of view on George Bush was I'm not gonna lie to you guys I don't pay attention to politics it's not part of my life it's never really whoever's president has never had anything really to do with my life mm-hmm. other than you know because I don't believe that my vote actually has that much of a difference because I believe in the corporate interest of everything and that it's all fucking you know I can get into this but special interest and everything so what's really important to me it's it's fucking tabloid stuff to me so who's funnier is important to me mm-hmm. I want the funnier guy to be president sure. so that I can make fun of him um, but if I was like I always say if I were to hang around with like George Bush if he hasn't I, been good for the economy but he's been great for my economy <laughs> if, if, if I had a choice to hang out with say George Bush or uh, Barack Obama I really think I'd probably rather hang out with Bush hmm, interesting because I think I could get in more trouble with him. Right. I think he'd go around and like you could get him to fall off the wagon and be like, let's go smash some mailboxes. And I feel yeah. like it would depend on whether anyone would ever find out about it. Yeah. Because I feel like you're absolutely right on the instincts of like, you know, you'd probably better get it fucked up and do something yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy shit. But I kind of feel like if no one was ever going to find Obama out, Obama would do it. Obama would get up to some. Like, yeah. I mean, he partied at college. Yeah, and but stuff. you can I feel like. But you can kind of. He called Jay Z. As like, much as I know, think, be a party. Yeah, and I think Bush was a total douchebag. Right. But I think, yeah, yeah. But Obama would do the the the. the yeah, I go to this nightclub. We're going to go to this club. It's, right. There's a good DJ. Bush would be like. I know this place in the woods. Sure. <laughs> they're, sure. ma- they're making moonshine. Sure. You might see someone get killed. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm going to have a story right. after hanging out with Bo- Obama. You're going to be like, oh, that was a nice night. Right. You know, I would have taken a date on that night. Yeah. We're Bush. You're going to have. So that was my right. perspective on it. And it was just like, fuck, you know, like. I just, it's so hard to have a point of view. It's but, so- it's, but isn't the whole point of having your point of view? That your point of view has to be what your point of well, view really is. is. Correct. Like, but I mean, the, a lot of my the time, time is that I think my point of view is generic. But, and I'm like, but isn't like, could you not look at that the other way? Sorry, I'm not like meaning to, but because I find, you know, I found a lot of what you've said today really, really interesting, and I think it re- would resonate a lot with a lot of people because I think that all the things you're talking about, the compromises, the you know what you are and what you were and what you want to be, and yet what you know all those sort of balances, they're such inter- everyone goes through those struggles. Yeah. I don't think it is generic. I think it's universal, yeah. and I just think your perspective on it, like people will sit there and go, "Well, that's not exactly how it happened for me," but I know the exact. But same have you thing ever felt like this? There are times when I'm on stage and I'm giving off my point of view, which is my real honest sure. point of view, and it's not going great. No. It's, it's not going well sure. at all. And I'm starting to think, oh, this is only my point of view, yeah. and no one else thinks like me. Right. And not only do they not think like me, they don't find what I think interesting. <laughs> like They're like, oh, you have this really radical point of view mm-hmm. that not only is it radical, we don't enjoy it right and we don't see any sure. merit in it uh-huh. and we don't think we deserve an opinion <laughs> and that's how i feel on stage right i'm like well that is i mean i can understand how that will put you off i go for that's that's the struggle 90 percent of the time where i'm like i think i got a really good fucking point here right and that everybody should be going hey this guy's right like like i'll see stanhope and he'll be in like you know his audience finds him. They oh, all go, Absolutely. this guy's point of view is so unique and he's he believes, and same with Jim Jeffries, he believes what we all believe. 
And 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 it's a niche market as big as they are. Sure, it's still a very small niche of people. Like oh no no, you look at it's a very specific audience. I mean, they're both atheists, and in America, you've only got like you know eight percent of America, and I'm off on that statistic probably is atheist. So they're already pulling from a very small percentage of people, but yet all those people have gone to them, and I'm like, where's my niche that also thinks like me? Oh, they don't. Oh, I'm the. I'm the only one. <laughs> like, no one thinks uh, these things. That's a, I mean, that is a good point. Maybe you should keep them all to yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm starting. I'm starting to think I'm a sociopath. I think sometimes, though, it's those little moments or whatever they are. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I was trying to do that thing of going, what's the most honest thing that I could talk about on stage? And sometimes you think that's got to be like some big fucking deal, right? But I've got this thing about how sometimes, for reasons unbeknownst to me, I sometimes try to control birds. Like if there's birds around, like I will just sit there and see if I can control them. Like, and I don't think that I can control birds. I don't like think, but I don't know why, but I do it. Do you mean women or birds? No, I mean like birds, actual birds. I've tried that with things. I try to telepathically. Right, just to see if you can, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, like I've tried it with my dogs. I've tried all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm like, nah, doesn't fucking work. Right. Doesn't work. So, but the interesting thing. But it did happen once with a retarded kid. I swear to God, I had this experience where I'm like, he knows, he knows what I'm thinking. And there's been, there's, there's things about like, Provenza told me this thing once about where there's these people that believe this whole thing about like developmentally delayed children or blah, 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 that they're actually have like a sixth sense. And I had this thing. They were just watching the X-Men movies, were they? Well, I was having this thing with this kid. I'm like, and I was starting to get scared. I'm like, he knows what I'm thinking. And he knows I'm thinking that I was really high at the time. Right. That but, may be an hot ingredient of yeah, the story. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a really bad experience. Right. I probably shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. that was. The, he probably tells it very differently. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to remember the time that yeah. despite the struggles I've already have to overcome, yeah, yeah. that really high guy just yeah, stared at yeah, me yeah, like yeah. we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just stared back and forth at each other. Yeah. It was, it was. He's like, please never leave me around that guy again. No. Well, his mother was with him to make sure. <laughs> hey, uh, Eddie, if your podcast is called uh, Talking Shit. Talking Shit. Talkin On iTunes, shit. it's Talkin's Hit. Talkin's. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, because they won't let us have shit. They won't let you say shit, right? No. Do you know what the rules of I, what are the rules? Because I, because I took over the podcast because I was uh, in it, but I never Charlie, had to do any so, of that stuff. Oh, God. and so I am it, always guessing when it in comes the beginning to, it was a nightmare, and it just happened a week ago too. They they threw us off. We've now been thrown off iTunes three times. I've been banned from the internet three times, and I said banned from the internet. Banned from the internet. I'm like I watched a horse. <laughs> from the I watched internet. a horse fuck a guy to death on the internet. What do you to mean? To death. Yeah, go two guys, one horse. I'm or no, gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, two guys, one horse. And it's a video, it's a clip from a documentary film where there's this, it's a crazy story. There's a bestiality farm in Washington. You don't need to tell Washington. me it's a crazy story. No, the, but the crazy part, wait till you hear how crazy okay. it is. Okay, here we go. There's a bestiality farm in Washington where these people fly in to go fuck animals. And this guy went there oh. and had a horse fuck him in the ass and he died. It ruptured his colon. He died. The clip is on the internet. Right. It's been passed around a million times. I've seen it. That's still on the internet. You know what? My podcast. That is certainly um, something that you'd be more worried about your mum seeing than her downloading your podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine having to break that to, like, someone's family? Like, firstly, the bad news is your son is dead. Yeah. Now, sit down. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) That's not not the worst part. Do you have YouTube? Yeah. Do you want to see it? Um, wow. So, uh, but anyway, the, the the weird part of the story oh my God, is really? the farm was owned by a guy I went to high school with. No way. Swear to God. How creepy is that? Wow. Yeah. It was, it was, so you don't even have the most interesting life story at the reunion. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. There's so many more than me. I, I said, like, I'm in shape for a comedian when right. I do all these fucking... I do this shit called CrossFit and I, t- you know, I was like competitive level for a while there's a comedian that's better than me at crossfit like i'm not even the most like everything I, in in small niches i can't even be the best of anything i it's awful it's there's always like surfing i surf i'm very few comedians surf daniel tosh surfs a thousand times better than me you know like it's 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 horrible it's like oh you can't just 
have the number one TV show on? You've got to be a better surfer than me too. Can I have something? Can I have something? Can I be the best surfing comedian? Like, do you have to... <laughs> I love the idea of that's what you should call your book. Can I have something? The Eddie if story. <laughs> Just something. One fucking thing. <laughs> Uh, I think I'll call this episode Can I Have Something uh, Eddie Ift it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for having me it's where can people it. find uh, you also on the internet uh, eddieift.com but it's under construction right now really it is it'll be done in about a week alright uh, well this is this will be, it'll probably okay. launch at about the same time what about gigs and stuff um, I'm up? in Vegas all this week uh, at the improv and then next week I'm getting married you can come there <laughs> and uh, how funny would that be if I I mean that would be my like <laughs> The greatest thing I ever right. pulled if I invited all the talking shit fans to um, my oh wedding. Oh, God. <laughs> wedding slash live podcast. Where, I'm not going to say where it is because no, they would show up. they would do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm in Tahoe. And then I'm in India. If you have any fans in India. Uh, yeah, we have people that's in yeah, India. I'm, I'm Whereabouts going, in India are you I'm going? going to Mumbai, Delhi, and Bangalore. Oh, okay, great. Well, we have a, some, a bunch of Aussie expats yeah. in particular yeah. who listen in India. So yeah. go and check out those I'm shows. And um uh, I'm just going to give the quick uh, p- uh, plug to the LA Podcast Festival where I'm doing the first live uh, faux fop if you are in LA. And uh, I have uh, shows on sale in Sydney, uh, in Perth, and in Canberra in Australia um, as well. So um, I'm enjoying a couple of shows in each of those towns. So getting quick, um, those uh, tickets are already selling pretty fast in the places they are on sale. Anything else you want to say before we go, Eddie? Nope. Oh, said enough. <laughs>